Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangroofern.com www.kangroofern.com this podcast is day one. He is an award-winning business and marketing strategist, coach, author, and host of the Ch- Chasing the Insights podcast. An ex-radio announcer with over 20 years in marketing, he has also been recognized by his peers with numerous awards, including being named a Fearless 50, a program designed to recognize the top 50 marketers in the world who are driving bold, fearless marketing and digital transformation. He has also founded multiple companies, including the Chasing the Insights podcast, an academy where he empowers entrepreneurs and business owners to make sense of marketing and to grow the business they have always dreamed of. Please welcome Vince Warnock. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> uh, right, it is so good to be here, guys. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, thanks for the introduction. That is such a nice introduction. Um, and for those that don't know me, you've heard the bio there, but essentially I'm the Chasing the Insights guy. So I, I tried to rebrand myself at one point, by the way, just totally off topic here for a second. Um, but I tried to rebrand myself at one point. I thought when I left Cigna, I was the chief marketing officer at Cigna, and I thought I'm going out to do something different, I need to create a new brand. And I was trying to think of different names for my company, and I was looking at different URLs and everything. And somebody who I was coaching um, in San Diego, uh, they went down to a cafe there and they said, oh, I'm working with this guy from New Zealand. They said, oh, who's that? Oh, Vince Warnock. Oh, the Chasing the Insights guy. And that's when I realized, yeah, I've got a brand. I just didn't know it. So I had to embrace it. But anyway, so good to be here, guys. Um, I love podcasting. I love being a podcast host. So I'm super excited about all of this. And the beauty of this is we're going to be talking about something that's really super interesting um, that's gaining a lot of traction and momentum at the moment. And that is Clubhouse. Now, first thing you're going to notice here, by the way, uh, other than my super cool background with lots of Star Wars memorabilia, is I don't have slides. I don't generally work with slides. I just want to have a conversation with you. Um, so we're going to dig deep and in, deep into. We're going to dig into Clubhouse. What it is, I'm going to give you a brief definition of what it is, talk about where it's come from, etc. We're going to look at the similarities and differences between Clubhouse and podcasting in general. And those similarities particularly have drawn people to make the conclusion that potentially Clubhouse is a version of podcasting on steroids. Um, so we're going to look at whether or not that is fact. So we're going to look at the advantages of Clubhouse, the disadvantages of Clubhouse over podcasting. We're then going to look at where to next with Clubhouse. So we're going to look at where it's heading, which is quite interesting. And lastly, and this is most importantly, we're going to look at what the opportunities for us as podcasters are with Clubhouse, how it can fit within our ecosystem, how it can fit with us. I'm banging my microphone there. How it fits with us uh, and what we can do with it, etc. So first of all, let's have a look at Clubhouse. And if you haven't, I was going to say hands up, but I can't see any of you, so I don't know why I did that. Um, but if you haven't heard about Clubhouse, you must have been living under a rock by now because it is essentially, it's a social network, right? It's an invitation-only social network that exists at this stage only on iOS devices. So it's basically it's an iPhone app or an, or an uh, iPad app where you can listen in on audio-based conversations. So it's an audio chat-based social network. So there's no video component to it. You can't 
message anyone. You can't text anyone. There's no text conversations or anything. It is purely voice, uh, either a one-way conversation because you can listen in on people talking or in some cases you can interact with them as well. Um, so uh, it's launched April of 2020. It had an alpha release before that around March, but the development of uh, Clubhouse has gone dram- like very, very quickly. It was created by Paul Davison and Rohan Seth um, at the Alpha Explanation Company. Uh, those guys are absolute legends when it comes to technology. Uh, and it's seen an exponential growth, and I mean exponential growth. Um, at the end of last year, considering, by the way, this is an invitation-only platform, at the end of last year, we had around, I think in November, don't quote me on that one, but it was around 0.6 million active users. Now, depending on which kind of uh, company you're talking to or which different uh, news outlet is uh, reporting on it, it's either 6 or 10 million active users. So that is in a very short amount of time. So Clubhouse is something we do need to pay attention to. Um, celebrities are in there. That's probably something worth noting because it interests some people. But I know Elon Musk is in there, Oprah Winfrey, Drake, Chris Rock, um, Seth Godin. I personally, I have actually been in one of Seth Godin's rooms, but I, I haven't participated in any of the conversations with Oprah Winfrey, mainly because I can't find the damn things. Um, anyway, so, uh, so a lot of celebrities are in there, which means you have access to listening to them. But in the same token, you can also, in some, some cases, even interact with them as well if they bring you up on stage. And I'll explain what that means in a minute. So that in itself is very exciting. And all of this, the invitation only aspect of it, the rapid growth, the, the, in fact, significant growth of Clubhouse, the fact that celebrities are in there, um, even Mark Zuckerberg, who's on a competing channel, essentially, he even did a Clubhouse clubroom as well. So with all of this, it's created this huge sense of fear of missing out or FOMO. So there's a whole pile of people who, who aren't in there who desperately want to be in there. And by the way, before we go any further, if anybody does uh, want access to Clubhouse, you've got an iOS device, you want access, and you're thinking, oh, I hadn't even heard of this before, do hit me up in the Q&A afterwards or hit me up on social. I've got a few spare um, invites I can allocate to you. Um, so how does Clubhouse work? Well, first of all, you download the app. I mean, that one's pretty obvious. You download the iPhone app. You go in there. You create your account once you've got your invitation. You set up your bio. And and note, your bio is very limited. It's text-based bio. You can put a few emojis in there. um, But you can't put hyperlinks within there. You can now connect it to your Instagram account. You can connect it to your um, Twitter account. Uh, which means that people can click on those, find you on those two platforms and interact with you. But other than that, you can't really use it for terribly much marketing. Like you can't link it off to your podcast, for example, but you can mention it in your bio. And I mean, a lot of us cheat in there. I just say, hey, go to chasingtheinsights.com. It's not um, it's not hyperlinked, but people know that they can type that into a, a browser and voila, they go to the website. Um, so you set yourself up with your account and then like any social network, you start following people. Really simple. So you find the few people that you like in Clubhouse. You look at their friends. Oh, oh, that person there seems interesting. I'll follow them. And you just start to create your network. So you create, you follow people and follow, people follow you back. That's a lot of follows. You follow people, people follow you back. So once you've done all this, then you come to the core structure of how Clubhouse works. And I'm going to explain it in the terminology of Clubhouse. It gets a little bit confusing, but trust me, it's quite simple once you understand it. And then I'm going to give you an analogy which will help you to kind of paint the picture of what Clubhouse actually is. So first of all, when you're in Clubhouse, you've created your account, you've done your bio, you connected with people, etc. You come to this thing called the hallway, uh, which is just a fancy name for basically a landing page. And this landing page will just list all the different conversations, all the different things that are happening on Clubhouse at that time. 
So we call those conversations rooms. So the way Clubhouse is structured, Clubhouse itself is this big, huge thing. Within Clubhouse, you have all these mini kind of clubs within there, like I have the Chasing the Insights Club. And within those clubs, you can have rooms. And those rooms are the conversations. Those are essentially, think of it like that would be your podcast episode. So if you think of Clubhouse as, say, Spotify, the clubs that are in there are your podcasts, and the rooms that are in there, they are your episodes. So people go in and they listen in on that, they listen in on that conversation, they listen in on that episode, and in some cases they participate in it. So that's, that's how Clubhouse works, essentially. Best way I can describe it to you, other than the podcast analogy itself, is think of the hallway as Main Street in downtown, wherever you're living right now. Think of the clubs as the different bars and cafes that are there, so essentially the clubs. You walk into a club or you walk into a cafe, you'll see all these different tables there with people seated at them. Somebody at that table will be speaking, others will be listening. Those are the rooms. You go and you sit yourself at one of those rooms or at one of those tables and you participate and listen in on the conversation. So that's how it works. Really, really simple. But as I said, audio only. No text component. You can't message people in there. You can't reach out to people other outside. You can outside of Clubhouse, but you can't do it within Clubhouse itself. You can just follow them and they can follow you back. That is all. Um, the other thing to note is those rooms themselves. So those cafeteria or those cafe tables essentially are limited to 5,000, which is a very, very big table, by the way. So you can have 5,000 people listening in. So I think the Seth Godin one I was in had around 5,000 in there. I was very lucky to get in on that one. Um, if Oprah Winfrey or Elon Musk are doing it or Drake or any of those, you can guarantee they'll probably max out as well. So that is Clubhouse. Now, a lot of those elements that I just described are why people are starting to compare it with podcasting. The fact that it's audio only. In fact, if we look at the similarities, first of all, audio only or mostly audio only. I'm aware that there are video podcasts out there. But if you look at the the core, the majority of podcasts, they are audio only. And the, and obviously in Clubhouse, it is only audio. So those that's a similarity immediately jumps out and people go, mm, is this similar to podcasting? The other thing to note there is the little or lack of engagement within there. Uh, and by that, I mean with a podcast, you listen to an episode. You can go off and review the episode. That's not a problem. You can review the podcast itself. Um, you can reach out to people on social media. You can go to the show notes if you've got your website or your landing page or, or your hosting page. You can go to the show notes and you can interact there and click on hyperlinks. So you can do that with podcasting. With Clubhouse, you again, you're in these rooms. You're listening in on the conversations. However, you can participate in the conversations and the way this works is uh, I'm going to describe a room for you. So picture those tables in the cafe. Those are the rooms. You go up to that room, and the way it's structured is on top you have the stage. So this is where you have the host, the person that's speaking, or the co-host. In some cases, I ran one the other day. We had, I think, six co-hosts. So six of us up on stage, like a panel discussion. We're all talking with each other. Then you have kind of two layers of listeners. So there are the listeners that are followed by anybody, any of the co-hosts, and that's just a way to filter so that if you know you look down and you see your friend there or someone you connect with, you can bring them up on stage if you want. And then underneath you have the plebs, the normal people. You have all the other listeners who are just participating by listening in on the conversation. However, and this is where it gets really exciting, you have the ability to push a little button that raises your hand, not literally raising your hand, but raises, raises a little alert there to say that you want to come up on stage. So if you're listening in to, say, um, Seth Godin, and he brings up a really good point, or you've got a question for him, you can raise your hand, and he can choose, or a moderator can choose, to bring you up on stage. And that means you then get to participate in the conversation. So you get to ask questions, or contribute, or add to, or give your opinions. 
So that in itself is something that's really exciting, a little bit different from podcasts. But again, the little engagement is where uh, people have made these comparisons between the two platforms. And this is why people are starting to say, hey, Clubhouse could be podcasts on steroids, or it could be where podcasting is heading. But we'll get to that. The other similarity between the two is the fact that um, the device usage. So if you think about it, um, Clubhouse is purely iOS device. So it means you're, you're listening to it on a tablet or participating on a tablet or on an iPhone. And as we know with podcasts, 65% of listeners are all listening on a smartphone or on a or portable device, I should say, 25% on a computer or a desktop, 10% on a smart speaker. So not quite the same, but majority of it is portable-based device. So there is some similarities there as well. Now, um, so this, as I said, has drawn people to go, is this where podcast is heading? Are we heading towards Clubhouse? Is that where all of our podcasts are going to be in the future? Um, the short answer to that is no, um, it's not. But it does have its place, and it does pose a really interesting and really exciting opportunity for us as podcasters. So now I'm going to look at the advantages and disadvantages of Clubhouse over podcasting, and you'll start to see what I mean about why I don't think it is the future of podcasting, but where it also has the opportunities. So first of all, let's look at the um, the advantages of Clubhouse. And one of the biggest advantages of Clubhouse comes from the, the excitement around the whole thing in general. As I said, when you've got something that launches in April of 2020, right, launches to the public with invite only, and you've got celebrities in there, and you've got this rapid rise. Like I said, we're now between 6 and 10 million, depending on who you ask, active users in a very short amount of time. So it's going on this exponential curve. That means it's creating all of this interest and a sense of fear of missing out. So there's a whole pile of people out there that are going, oh, I want in, I want in, I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't think it's that interesting, but the fact I'm not in there means I want to get in there. I want to participate in this. So there is this buzz that happens and this fear of missing out. So there's quite a bit of excitement and momentum around Clubhouse as well. Do I think that's going to be sustainable? No, I don't. I think at some point we're going to saturate it. At some point, it'll be like Facebook. At some point, basically your grandparents or your parents are going to start to get in there and everyone's going to go, oh, no, oh, no. It's going to be harder and harder to find the conversations I want in there. Or they'll come up with a different way that you can engage in it. So, so essentially, it's that fear of missing out that's causing a massive advantage for Clubhouse because if you're in there early, if you're in there having these conversations, running these rooms, hosting these rooms, bringing people up on stage, having these two-way conversations, all these kind of things, you are going to generate a following. You are going to create momentum for yourself as well. So massive opportunity there. The other advantage of Clubhouse is visibility. And by that, I mean with podcasts, we you have your podcast. People can search for things, but you've got to do your SEO really, really well, all these kind of things. You've got to have your marketing on point. You've got to have everything sorted so that people can find your podcast, subscribe to your podcast, listen to your episodes, uh, and engage with you after the fact as well. So that's the podcasting site. On Clubhouse, though, because it is fresh and new and growing really, really fast, there's also the serendipitous nature of it. When you get into Clubhouse, you have that hallway. That hallway will tell you the rooms or the conversations that are happening with people you're connected to. So there's potentially one that you will find that you would never have known about before. You might find some random club in there, like the Chasing the Insights Club. You see a room there talking about imposter syndrome. You go, I didn't even know these guys existed, but I really want to listen in on this conversation. I really want to participate in this. So you go into that room and suddenly I, as a host, now have a new audience. So it's opened me up to a brand new audience and now hearing what I have to say. So that in itself is a big advantage of Clubhouse. That, that kind of early adopter state, the whole momentum behind it is posing a good opportunity for us. 
The other thing is the interaction. Uh, as I said, Clubhouse has a massive advantage over traditional podcasting in that you can get people to participate in the conversation itself. Um, generally, when I'm going to, uh, whenever I'm running a room, like hosting a room, I will st- I will start, up, start by setting the room, we call it, and resetting the room multiple times through it. But you basically go, hey, guys, we're talking about imposter syndrome in here right now, or we're talking about how to market your podcast. And if you want to ask any questions, just make sure you raise your hand. If you want to participate or contribute to this, make sure you raise your hand. And you can bring them up on stage. They can have that conversation. They can contribute as well. So from a listener's perspective, there is a sense of buy-in to this. There's a sense of ownership of this conversation. It's not just me passively listening like I do in the case of a podcast. It is me actively listening because I can participate as well. So that is a huge advantage of Clubhouse over podcasting. The other advantage, as I said, is all of the early adopters. So these are people who are generally higher socioeconomic. um, They're higher educated. um, They just basically have more money and can buy more things. If you're selling things through your podcast, it's a no-brainer. Clubhouse should be something you should be looking at as well. So those are the advantages of Clubhouse over something like traditional podcasting. Now, the disadvantage of Clubhouse. This is the most important piece here, guys, because this will tell you why I mean, uh, what I mean when I say I don't think this is where podcasting is heading, but I think it's going to complement podcasting, right? This is not podcasting on steroids because there are some very key things that we have to look at with the disadvantages of Clubhouse. The first of all is, the first big one is we've got to look at the behavior of podcast users, with the behavior of the listener. You see, as we know, um, like podcast listeners, uh, I think on average, it is 52% of podcast listeners listen to a full episode. So generally, like if I look at my behavior, and I can speak for myself because I'm me, if I look at my behavior, I listen to podcasts when I'm here in the office, uh, in between recording other people's podcast episodes or my own episodes and things. I will listen to different podcasts that I enjoy. Uh, when I'm driving, if I'm driving my kids to school, driving my wife to work or any of those, anytime I'm captive in a vehicle, perfect opportunity to put a podcast on. I can listen while I drive. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to participate in the conversation. I can listen while I drive. Or if I'm going for a run, (laughs) sorry, I'm just picturing this body as the body of a runner. That doesn't happen. If I'm going for a walk, that's a little bit better. If I'm going for a walk, I'll put my headphones in. I'll listen to a podcast because, again, I don't have to do anything. I can just listen and listen. So that in itself, that behavior is really, really important. The other behavior, as I said, if 52% of podcast listeners listen to a full episode, let's have a look at what it's like on Clubhouse. Now, we don't have any stats around this, but I can tell you based on what I've seen. I've been on Clubhouse since uh, last year, and I have participated in a number of different rooms. I've hosted a number of different rooms. Um, I'm very active in there. And one of the things I've seen is when you're looking at a room, you look at this conversation, think like a podcast episode, when you're looking at this, you will have the speakers on stage and the listeners blipping in and blipping out. So people coming in partway through, people um, like leaving and coming back, people like leaving, we call it leave quietly, there's literally a button there saying leave quietly. So they disappear and they come back from the part of the conversation as well. They are not actively listening for the entire episode. They will participate in and out. They might go and check out a couple other rooms to see if that's more interesting. So there's this kind of hopping in and hopping out. So it's a very different behavior between the two. The other thing to uh, the other thing to note is on Clubhouse, none of these sessions, none of these rooms, none of these conversations are recorded. There is no evergreen element to Clubhouse at all. Now, if you think about how you listen to podcasts versus how you would interact with something like this. For me, when I listen to Clubhouse, it's serendipitous. I go into Clubhouse and go, is there anything interesting on here? Oh, that sounds interesting. I will go and listen to that. 
on the rare occasion, I will listen to something live, as in I will go, um, there's a club room coming up in on Tuesday at 3 p.m. on um, how to increase my podcast listeners, right? how to get more people to listen to my podcast. I think that's interesting. I'm going to schedule that. So I go to my calendar, I block out the time, and I make sure I'm in Clubhouse at that time listening to it. So, so you can do that, but essentially it is serendipitous. It's once you listen to it once live or it's gone completely. You're never going to hear it again versus podcasts. And with podcasts, I'm very deliberate. Uh, beginning of the week, I will set up my schedule for the week. I'll look at all the different podcast episodes I want to listen to. I'll put them in a queue, usually on Spotify for me because I've got an Android device. Um, so I'll put them in a queue and I will listen to them throughout the week. So these are very deliberate. That is what I want to listen to. I, queue them up and I listen to them when I have the opportunity versus Clubhouse, which is if it ain't live, I'm missing out on it. Or if I'm not in there live, it's gone. So in other words, if I'm driving to work, I can't really, while I'm driving, because this is bad, I can't really sit there and scroll through the different club rooms to see what one's interesting. If I find it's not interesting, I can't really play around with that and go to the next one. Whereas, of course, you know, with a podcast, I can just skip to the next episode on my queue. So very different kind of behavior there. But that fact that there's no evergreen element to it is a massive disadvantage of Clubhouse versus podcasting. And this is what I think will really separate the two platforms from each other. Podcasting is very deliberate and evergreen versus um, Clubhouse, which is very serendipitous and immediate and live. Um, the other advantage of uh, disadvantage of Clubhouse is um, the device limitations. As I said, you know, with Podcasts, 65% listen on mobile devices. That is Android devices, iPhones, iPads. Um, that is, I can't think of any other mobile devices. You guys know what I mean. Mobile devices in general, 65% are listening on that. But 25% are listening on desktop. And 10% on your smart speakers as well. I know in the office here I use my smart speaker to listen to my podcast episodes. Whereas on Clubhouse, it is iOS only. You have to be on an iPhone or an Android uh, sorry, iPhone or an iPad. Android, however, is coming. They are working on an Android version at the moment that is going to be about six to eight weeks away if we if we understand correctly. They said about two months. Um, that was about two weeks ago. So let's say six to eight weeks away, we're going to get an Android version. That, by the way, is going to cause a massive spike in growth as well because suddenly it's available to more people. But there is no plans at this stage for a desktop-based version. And there's very good reasons for that as well because the second they open it up to desktop-based users, then there is the potential for people to record those sessions, which is defeating the purpose of what they created Clubhouse for. So those device limitations are going to cause a bit of a difference between the two there as well. Um, and the other thing is reach. And like I said, everything is, um, <laughs> I have to learn to swim now. Yeah, everything is going very, very quickly with um, Clubhouse. So that, that exponential growth, as I said, we're at 6 to 10 million. But when you compare that to the stats for podcasting, that is nothing. And by the way, smartphones are not available or not accessible to certain countries of the world. They're not as prevalent in certain countries of the world, particularly third world, whereas devices that can listen to smart uh, to podcasts are. So podcasting at the moment, I think in the US, I think the stats are there's 68 million US listeners listen every single week. So these are highly active podcast listeners, 68 million versus 6 to 10 worldwide for Clubhouse. So you can see there there's a huge difference between these two platforms. Now, that's not to say Clubhouse can't catch up at some point. But again, I think it is going to reach that critical mass. It is going to reach a point where people are going to lose interest in it unless they keep things fresh and different. So that's the disadvantages of Clubhouse. 
So before we get into the opportunity, and this is the piece I really, really want to talk about in this session, the opportunity for us as podcasters, um, I just really want to quickly talk about where where Clubhouse is heading. So what's next for Clubhouse? Um, and there's a few things to note there. As I said, the Android version, that's about six to eight weeks away. So that is going to cause um, a lot of growth for um, a lot of growth for Clubhouse. That's going to cause a lot of new users because it's going to make it more accessible to people. It's still going to be invite only at this stage. At some point, they will switch off the invite only aspect. But at this stage, that FOMO is really working in their favor. So they're going to keep it there. But that's really, really quickly on the horizon. The other thing they're testing at the moment, they have 250 users that are testing monetization aspects. So being able to make purchases within Clubhouse. So this is very different. It's something we don't really see uh, much development on or certainly haven't seen much adoption of in the development space for podcasting itself. Um, and I'm not entirely sure I'm not one of those 250. They're very hush-hush on it. All we know is that 250 people are testing this. They are testing the monetization piece in Clubhouse. So yet to see what that looks like, but that is something interesting, and you can kind of see where they're heading with this. They're creating it as a really good opportunity for brands. Um, and the other aspect that I want to talk about is the fact that Clubhouse is evolving very, very quickly. They are making changes on a regular basis, and this is making massive improvements to it. So it is not something we can ignore. It is something that is not going to go away. It is not going to replace podcasting. It isn't podcasting on steroids. It's a bit of a clickbaity title to this, but I really wanted to talk about this aspect because that is something that has been touted out there in the industry. It is not podcasting on steroids at all. However, there is a massive opportunity for us there as podcasters. And um, I want to get into that. So there's some different ways that we can use Clubhouse as a companion piece for our podcasts. There's a way that we can bring our podcast to life using Clubhouse, and there's a way we can get more audiences and more information, more more resource through using Clubhouse as well. So the first of these is the fact that we can actually start to use Clubhouse and our, our club or our rooms as a way to keep the conversation going for our podcast. For example, if I'm running my Chasing the Insights podcast, I do an episode, I um, say I, am, am, um, I interview Miko in there and I go, right, okay, let's talk to you about you know the future of podcasting or let's talk about marketing a podcast. Let's talk about a topic in there. And at the end of my show, I go, hey, guys, if you want to keep the conversation going, if you want to ask any further questions on this or if you want to add any comments or give your opinion on that, I will be live in Clubhouse every Friday at 2 p.m., for example. So they know they can go into Clubhouse, they can ask specific questions about an episode, they can follow up on that, they can um, give their comments, give their feedback, all these kind of things. It gives you a way to bring them together as a community that's a lot easier in some ways to going, hey, reach out to me on Facebook, reach out to me on Twitter. right? If you say, I'm going to be at a specific place on a specific time, then there's more incentive for them to be there at that specific place in time. So there's a way you can kind of bring it to life and create a bit of a community aspect for your podcast using Clubhouse itself. The other things you can do is, uh, and this is a really simple one, I've used Clubhouse for this a number of times. I've actually found guests for my podcast. I found guest interviews for it. So I've gone into different rooms in there. I've heard experts speak. So you're automatically seeing what they sound like, seeing what they sound like, hearing what they sound like. You guys know what I mean. Um, you hear what they sound like on there. You hear uh, how articulate they are, You hear how engaging they are. You hear the energy, how they turn up for that room. And you can make a judgment call and go, actually, this would be a really good guest for my show. So you can reach out to them on social, 
get them on your episodes and things. I found a number of different guests for my show through Clubhouse as well. By the way, I've also found a number of different clients on Clubhouse. Seriously, I ran a, I ran a room in there talking about imposter syndrome, talking about how I work with my clients, and I had two people reach out to me and sign me to coach them off the back of that one club room. Um, that, by the way, is phenomenal. That, that made me very excited about Clubhouse, funny enough. So you can find guests, you can find contributors and things like that for your podcast using Clubhouse itself. The other thing you can do is research. And by this, I mean there's a number of different ways you can do research. But Clubhouse itself is instant accessibility to an audience. And by this, I mean you you can go into Clubhouse and test topics that you want to talk about. So if I want to run a podcast episode, I'm going to, I'm looking to do a podcast episode on becoming an author, like how, how becoming an author can help to market you as an entrepreneur. So if I'm going to do that, I can assume that that is a topic that my audience want to hear about, right? I may have my Facebook group, which I do. I can ask them. So there's a captive audience in there. They'll give me their feedback. I can ask on my social channels. You might, you may or may not get feedback from people, but you can find out whether or not this is something interesting on Clubhouse. That's when you can really elevate that. You can run a club room on, you can run a room or a conversation on that exact topic and talk about this and see what kind of interest is gained in there. So if you suddenly get a whole influx of people coming into the room wanting to participate, (laughs) precipitate, wanting to participate in the conversation, wanting to listen in on what you have to say, then that is a good indicator, a good way to test to see that that topic is something that's going to be really relevant for your audience on your podcast as well. But the other aspect you can use there for research is you can start to ask questions or find out questions from your audience. You see, if you're running a club room, and say we pick on that topic, we said, of how being an author is going to help you to market yourself as an entrepreneur. So if I'm running a clubhouse on that, a club room on that, and I'm talking about the different aspects of it, and all of a sudden I see an influx of people come in, and they're all listening in on the conversation. I say, hey, raise your hand if you've got any questions. And then about 20 people immediately ask the same kind of question. They come up on stage, and they're asking something along the lines of, yeah, but but if it's how do you get published? What are the different options? Then you can tell that that is a question that is really is really going to add value to people if you answer it on your podcast. In fact, you can even use it at that point to tease your podcast. Go, actually, guys, Rather than go into it here, I've got an episode I'm working on at the moment for my podcast. It's going to be coming out in two to three weeks' time. Make sure you subscribe to the show. That way you can hear that episode. We will cover that off in more depth. So again, you're tying the two platforms together, but you're gaining all this incredible insights, these incredible intel that you can use on, for your podcast itself. So you can find out the fact that these topics are interesting. You can find out the questions that people have. You can also interview people, ask their opinions on it. You can say, hey, raise your hand if you want to come up on stage. I'd love to hear your opinion about this topic. They come up on stage. You're asking them. You're noting down because you can't record it. You're noting down all the different things they say. That is now fuel. That is food. That is info. That is stats, data, whatever you want to do for your podcast episode. You can literally say in your podcast, I ran a clubhouse, and this was one of the most common things that came up there was people said that they were um, they were worried about the fact that they uh, if they published on Amazon, it was going to ruin their reputation. Well, I'm here to tell you this. So you see what I mean? You can tie these things together. You can get those responses, get those questions, gauge their interests through using those club rooms in a safe environment there, and then put it out into your evergreen platform, which is your podcast itself. And then the other piece, before I wrap up here, the other piece um, which is really important around using Clubhouse is finding a new audience. And this is one of the most exciting things as well as I have found, like I've seen a massive growth in my podcast off the back of using Clubhouse. 
because I will I will host rooms in there where I will talk about various topics. Um, I will mention in there a number of times, hey, we cover off topics like this on my podcast. Make sure you go and subscribe to it. Love to hear your feedback as well on the podcast itself. I invite in co-hosts. Often they are people that are going to be coming up on an episode for me. So, for example, um, if I've got an episode coming up talking to an entertainer about how to create your personal brand, then I will bring them into Clubhouse as a co-host to kind of tease the episode, to talk about aspects of what we're going to cover off in that podcast. And that way you get people really excited about that. They're listening to the conversation on Clubhouse. They want more. You're teasing them. They want more. They want more. They want more. They go to your podcast. They subscribe. They listen to that episode. And as you know, once they subscribe or follow you on your podcast platform, then they're going to start to go through your other episodes as well. So it's a way to get in front of a new audience, an audience that you never had before. But here's the other exciting part. And this is a little um, a cheat code, essentially, for Clubhouse. When you're running a room on Clubhouse, there is a temptation for us as entrepreneurs or as podcasters, as marketers, whatever else. There is a temptation for us to run that room on our own, to say, I'm going to host a room. People are going to come in and want to hear what I have to say. The challenge with that is anybody that's connected to you will be able to see that you're live. So they'll come up on stage. So you'll get an audience. But that's an audience that already know who you are. When I invite co-hosts up, when I invite people up on stage, suddenly that's pinging everyone they're connected to to say, hey, um, Joe Bloggs or Jane Bloggs over here is now participating in this clubhouse or they're co-hosting clubhouse with Vince or uh, co-hosting clubhouse with the Chasing the Insights team. So immediately, it's reaching out to their networks who know that this is going on and will jump in there, and suddenly you're exposed to a newer audience as well. So there is a massive um, opportunity there for us to increase our engagement and reach, increase the amount of people we can bring back to our podcast. But the key here is Clubhouse is not in competition with podcasts. It really is a way to complement the work that we're doing with our podcast, with our episodes. It's a way to bring in new audiences, to find new guests, to do our market research, and to create a bit of buzz as well. So anyway, so hopefully you guys have found that value. As I said, I really do. Uh, we're going to go into a Q&A, so I do want to hear you guys' opinions. want to hear your questions about Clubhouse. If you're using Clubhouse, I'm really keen to know how it's going for you. I'm really keen to know uh, what kind of wins you've got from that. As I said, I've signed clients off the back of that. Um, I have found guests off the back of Clubhouse as well. It is a really good opportunity, but I want to hear your stories as well. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for your time.